Coaches in the building. Yeah. Yo, it's Kamal K. Franklin. Kalanji Chang in the building. You know what it is. Who we got in the back? The ear doctor. The ear doctor. Hey. Doctor. Doctor. Okay. LL Ooh. Cool Service. Service licking his lips. This I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey. He's ready. ready. Around the way, girl. Oh, that's our key original. Okay, uh oh, okay, uh oh, okay. you do that, minister. I like that. You know what I'm saying? The minister up there promoting, promoting joints on the joint. He, side deals. I know, he's doing oh, his thing. He's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. He's like, yo, he's like, $50, <laughs> I'll wear your stuff. You know he's like, saying? if this renegade stuff don't work out, I got some other places I got to <laughs> no take doubt. care of. You know what I'm saying? Only, only person getting paid on the show. Yep, yep Anyway. Yep. There's a lot going on this week and next week, man. There's a whole lot going on. Last, last week, we told y'all about white boys going wild. That's right. Come that's out right. released his new. Smash single. I want my culture back. I want my culture back. I want my culture back. Yeah. So yeah. check it. That's going to be available for download soon. Bam. You know on the Patreon. On the Patreon. Yo. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and white boys still going wild. They still going wild. White boys and white girls. White boys going wild. White girls going wild. White law enforcement going wild. Oh, man. White military going military wild. Military going wild. So white Olympic swimmers going wild. So folks don't know. So the aftermath of the Trump riots and insurrection and yeah. the terrorist uh, attack on the Capitol the FBI and the police have now gone into overdrive. And we want all our folks to know that even though the FBI and police are, are saying that they're going after these right-wing thugs and so forth, also realize that, that this gives them an excuse to try to come after our folks and our people. So, we, yeah. yeah, go and, ahead. And we, we've got reports in five different cities around the country of different folks, black people, mm -hmm. Africans, who have been harassed. Yeah, visited. Visited by the FBI yeah. and by state police That's and local right. authorities. You know what I mean? Under the guise that you know, they may have been at, been to a Trump rally. You know what I mean? So and, and under the guise that they are planning to do something in the near future in DC, even as a counter rally and so forth. So always remember folks, you don't have to answer any questions. FBI or police come to your door. If they don't have a warrant, you don't have to open your door. If they have a warrant, you give them your name and you and you don't give them any other information that they don't need to have, right? You have your lawyer on call. And this is particularly if you're involved in organizing activism. And always remember, Stop telling on yourselves in social media. Half that yes. shit you're not going to do anyway. Ain't going to do right? a goddamn thing. Two thirds you know. of it you're really not doing. Man, probably uh, 99%. 99%. 99%. Okay, 99%. let's be real. 99%. But yeah, still, yeah. stop popping all that garbage <laughs> online and stop inviting folks to come to you when that's not the work that you need to be doing. If you're doing this work and organizing in the streets, then you need to be doing that work and not talking about all that yin yang that you really ain't going to do anyway. Yeah, because around here we don't like pigs, so that means we ain't hanging around. The damn bacon stores, none of that. You know what I'm saying? Because we saying we ain't with it, so don't don't come with it. That's but right. um, I also want to point out that um, you know, we we joke around about these so-called white supremacists, right? We joke around because you know, call them hillbillies and all types of mm -hmm. uh, rotten ass crackers and all those yeah. good things, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You know, but we want you all to know that it's a serious matter. You understand what I'm saying? These are the relatives. These are the offspring. Um, the distant cousins of the same criminals who came here to take over this country here. So when they're, when they're, when, when they're running up in these capitals and whatnot, these other, these law enforcement officers are looking at them like, yo, what's the problem? Mm -hmm. And they're looking like, look, we all thieves. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Why are you acting funny now? Yeah. You know what I mean? So we got to be clear about that. But also, many of these folks are training. Uh, there's been uh, reports of different levels of military, yeah. uh, politicians, People, yeah. the whole nine. Military, police, firemen. Uh, other um, uh, folks high up in, in, in different law enforcement fields have been attending these rallies. They were in the Capitol. 
And right now, some of them are now getting busted and feeling feeling that treatment that they once supported, right? Yeah. So some of them are now on no fly zones. That's right. And, and, they, they, and the trains are talking about no, canceling them. That's right. So they can't they can't go nowhere themselves. And now they know the same things they were trying to dish out to other people can happen to them right. because capital is now in retrenchment, and the capital forces, the capitalist forces are saying Trump is going a little bit too far here. That's they right. can't mess up the money boat, right? That's right. So all that stuff, you know what I mean? We're going to talk a little bit more about that um, when we come back. We're going to talk about who our guests are right. um, on today's show. Our guest is going to be Charles Barron, city councilman, assemblyman. Who else we got on the show tonight? Uh, we got Tyranny Sharif from um, We Charge Genocide. All right, all right. And who's going to be our special musical guest? John Cy Robinson. Yes. And for those of you not familiar with John Cy Robinson, um, and, and you're from the, the East Coast in particular, you know what I mean? You may remember the group Science of Life. Science of Life. They are mm, an international mm, hip hop mm -hmm. group. They are. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and they doing, you know, John will be joining us tonight. We got a dope show tonight. And uh, we got a special announcement from, um, from the ear doctor. What Yo, about real to, quick, we are doing a new piece called Real Renegade <clears throat> Moves. All right. Real Renegade Moves is a shout out to somebody that's making Real Renegade Moves and our Renegade Mover is Ashanti Smith. Okay. Yes, this is the sister that mm -hmm. punched the chick in the face that tried <laughs> to punch her, and she was the security guard, and then she wound up getting, uh, what was it, fired and all that? Mm -hmm. Yo, you did your thing, miss, so Not big bad. up to you. We're I, Renegade Move. I, I want to point something out, you know, give a disclaimer, because we at Renegade Culture, when we say we don't fuck with the police, we don't fuck with police, we don't fuck with uh, 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 security guards, uh, correctional <laughs> officers, um, uh, uh, school crossing guards, <laughs> crossing guards are all right. But anybody dealing with law enforcement, any snitch, anybody that's looking to lock you up. Now, this is a very rare occasion rare. that we bigging up a security guard. <laughs> yeah. And we only bigging up because she's a 28 year old black girl. This uh, yeah. white woman made an effort to grab her or hit her or take yeah. her phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and homegirl yoked her. Yeah, and she was surrounded by. Yeah, she was surrounded Man, by. This was at the. This was at the the Capitol. The, the Capitol last week. She was surrounded by these right wing forces, and you know wasn't scared. They 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 tried to come at her, yeah. and she popped them up, and she popped them up, and and she did her thing, yo. So shout out to that sister Renegade. Yeah. Yo, we got a dope show coming up. We glad y'all are here to join us, Renegade Culture. We're gonna be back. Black out. Who the fuck is this paging me at 546 in the morning? Crack a dawning, now I'm yawning. Wipe the coal out my eye. Yeah. See who's this paging me and why. Oh. You know what I'm saying? That's our man, John the intern. John the intern. You know what I'm saying? He, 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 saw, he saw who our guest was, so he came with some Biggie Smalls. You know what I'm saying? Some New York. guests going to appreciate New York, New York. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and speaking of which, you know what I'm saying? So I, we want to get jump right into this. It's a pleasure to have on Charles Barron, Assemblyman Charles Barron, who I've known for like decades uh, from New York organizing. He is a true revolutionary. He's a former Black Panther Party member. Charles has been a former city council member, a state assembly member, uh, assembly member currently. I think the 60th district, if I'm not mistaken. And Charles That's is the correct. only person that I will call a revolutionary politician and elected official. Whoa. Charles keeps his revolutionary nationalist politics at the forefront of the struggle. He ain't no liberal. He ain't no moderate. Charles does the work in the streets, and he does it in the city council when he was there, and he does it at the state assembly when he's there. So without further ado, Charles Barron, thank you for coming on Ready yeah. Game Coach. 
What's Appreciate you having me. Just a little correction here. Not oh. a former Black Panther. I'm still a Black Panther in my heart. A veteran right. Black Panther. Number, one. Number two, not Biggie. I'm a Tupac man. So oh! Black out, black out. Just gotta, just <laughs> correction. <laughs> but I'm, an, I'm glad to be on with y'all, man. Y'all be as loose and, and comfortable as you want to be because I feel like we're home. So oh, we are, Nothing for me. Be who you are, because I'm gonna be who I am. But yeah, I really cool. appreciate this. I want to say this real quick about the whole stuff with uh, Trump and them attacking the Capitol. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, that's a lot of let them take let them take each other on. I don't even think we should get involved in that. Some people said to me, "Oh man, what do you think about Trump?" Uh, take good. Let them go at it. Let them tear each other up. Yes, sir. You have some of these Negroes talking about they messing with our democracy. What democracy? What are you talking about? That's like Malcolm's thing. Well, we sick, boss. Uh, our government, our astronauts. That's their thing. This is a right time for revolutionaries to stand up. It's a right time for black people to unite and say, let that go down. Let that go down. And, you know, the easy analysis Oh, if that was black people to be blood all over the street, you can go outside in the neighborhood and the average brother and sister off the block will say that. Mm -hmm. Charles, you know, if that was black people, they would have did this and they would have done that. I said, that's true. But guess what? If Trump would have never did that, we are in trouble with Biden. That's right. So that's Biden right. and Kamala Harris are getting a pass because everybody's talking about Trump mm -hmm. and his madness and his narcissism. But the bottom line is more dangerous than Trump is capitalism, mm -hmm. colonial mm -hmm. capitalism. If you want to impeach something, impeach capitalism. Mm -hmm. It's about the system. And it doesn't matter whether the colonial capitalist administrator is a neo-colonial black puppet like Barack Obama mm -hmm. or a neo-fascist, racist, narcissistic, xenophobic, misogynistic idiot like Trump mm -hmm. or a neoliberal slash conservative racist cracker like Biden. Mm -hmm. All a... three of them, those are colonial administrators. Mm -hmm. The problem is not the administrators. Mm -hmm. It's the system. That's right. All of them, every last one of them support imperialistic wars abroad. So Every last one of them. So this is, this is what I love about Charles. I like this Before guy. Before I even ask him a question, hey. you get a question, he's already oh. into it. You know what I'm saying? He's oh, into sorry. it. Charles, well, I didn't even get a question out yet. Charles, <laughs> Charles like George the Animal Steel. Remember when wrestling, George the Animal Steel going to jump in the ring and start attacking cats and biting them in the head. I'm like, damn. Like, oh, shit, I learned that from Muhammad Ali. Okay. <laughs> word, word. So, Charles, yeah. so Charles, it's obviously, I mean, this is a moment in history that it's not new, but obviously this is resurfacing the sort of overt white, white supremacy and so forth. So what do you, uh, you named some things around how we need to organize as a people, particularly within the electoral poli politics arena, you know, that you are, have become an expert in, that you want. How do you think we organize in that arena without being beholden to Democrats and neoliberals like so many of our folks have become? See, the very important thing, I think revolution starts from the bottom up not Biden down, not the top down, but from the bottom up. And I think it's about a question of power. You know, we got to look out when you fight again. Now, this is a, a just just work with me on this one. Mm -hmm. When you fight against racism and not colonial capitalism, combining them, then you run the risk 
of fighting for inclusion into a capitalist system. So if you say, hey, man, you know, this racist country never had a black president. Forty-three presidents were white men. And they gave you Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, we don't have enough black this, not enough black that. Well, you have the first black so many things in New York now. So I think the revolutionaries should see, at least see this. Electoral politics is not a panacea. Mm -hmm. We are not going to be able to vote our way to freedom. It is a strategy, a tactic, one tactic. And you got to combine that with what we do outside of the electoral arena. Take over the streets, become ungovernable. Don't allow a city that has a majority of us to govern us, mm -hmm. to become ungovernable. And then while we're doing that kind of reactionary stuff, now we got to pull out resources together and let's develop some community land trust so that we own property by the community, not a capitalistic economic plan, but a socialistic community land trust. And let's do some worker cooperatives, not black capitalism, black owned business. We got to support black owned business. For what? <laughs> a lot of them aren't supporting us. Mm -hmm. So we're not here to make any black capitalists not even capitalists in their mind they think they mm -hmm. are because they're not really capitalists. Yes. But petty entrepreneurs, bourgeois entrepreneurs, it's not just about making sure that they, their businesses are supported. We got to develop worker cooperatives. So we develop enterprises that is collectively owned by the people that work there and make the profits and connected to the community. So this is a great time for us to not turn on each other, but turn to each other and say, look, this is the time to organize massive demonstrations, mm -hmm. to organize for power. There's a big difference between power and influence. When you got to march, scream, and holler, beg for people in power to make a decision in your best interest, that's influence. Spe speaking of when you have that seat, this is why I ran for the city council, right. because that's a seat of local power. So in my beloved East New York, when I came in, it was 67% black. Now it's 76% black. We didn't get gentrified. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do this, y'all. We, we lost white population. We lost <laughs> white population. They you should have tear, brother. I, I did not you do said anything. It? it was 9%. Now we're down to 3%. They just left. Oh, mm -hmm. man. But we reversed gentrification. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we made sure that any development that came into East New York, they have to see the Black Panther because the city council is the one that determines what can be built on city-owned land. That's right. So if Donald Trump came to my beloved East New York and said he wanted to build Trump Towers on Alabama Avenue, he has to see the Black Panther. Mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. tell him he's fired. Get out of my face. Because the council members would call me up on that committee. They say, hey, there's a project in your district. What do you say? No, it's dead. That's power. So Charles, so let's break in a little bit. I think Kalanji had a question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, real quick, um, in 2020, you know, you, you're talking about the whole thing about the streets, right? We had uh, the situation with Ahmaud Arbery, murdered down here in Georgia. You had the situation with uh, uh, George Floyd being choked out in front of the world. We had the situation with uh, Jacob Blake 
uh, and, and Brianna Taylor, so many other folks that, that went down in 2020. The, the youth took to the streets, right? Yep. What would be your, your pros and cons? What did you see from your, what, what kind of analysis can you give us or give the masses? You know, that's a very, very good question. But you know, when you mobilize, mobilize around a singular issue, even if it's reparations or if it's a police killing, that's a mobilization. So you moving people around an issue, but you fall short of organizing for power. So they don't care if we mobilize. They're more concerned if we organize for power. Mm. So if that mobilization was translated, translated to power and getting some local seats of power, and outside of the electoral arena, if we began to have community patrols that's funded, get that funding like we do in East New York. We have a community control that I make sure they get money from the state and from the city. Oh, you know, uh, Kamal, man up. That's right. That's you right. helped incorporate I incorporated them. them. That's right. So they patrol work. our communities. <laughs> so wherever you have a community patrol, it's hard to do two things when a, when a group is present. That is community crime. I don't say black on black crime because that's racist. Mm. Everybody else commits crime and they don't mention their their yeah, race. Racist, what right? about what white people kill? I never heard white on white crime, Asian on Asian crime. It's only us when we put so black on black. So I say community crime. So when we stop the community crime and also in the Black Panther Party, they patrol the police. Mm -hmm. So now if people don't want to do it in New York, it's hard to do it with guns, but you can at least do it like we were doing up there with 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 camcorders, with a presence, just a presence. Mm -hmm. So if we combine, you know, those two things, community patrols, along with getting some local seats of power and try to put some legislation in place, we don't want a special prosecutor in Letitia James' office, who's the sellout attorney general of New York State mm -hmm. who will not prosecute police. We want an independent prosecutor and an elected community uh, review board, not one that's appointed by the mayor and the governor and the police commissioner. So when we combine those things, hit the streets, and whatever happens in the streets, no matter what happens in the streets, if you know what I mean, no mm -hmm. matter what level it goes on, so be it. But combine that with getting some power and combine that with some long range, sustained organizing for revolutionary, radical, systemic change. It's not enough just to react to issues and then go away and come back and go away and come back. Listen to Renegade Coaching. We yeah. have Charles Barron on deck. That's right. My man is on fire as always. And I, I think it's amazing that folks will get to hear who haven't already this revolutionary elected official right. and street organizer, right? And yes. revolutionary period. So we're and glad Veteran Panther. And not, veteran not, Panther. Not my bad, my bad. Veteran Panther. So we come back, we're going to talk about some of, some of his battles within the city council and the state assembly and even his battles with Cuomo because with all this revolutionary fervor, when he puts it out, the other side, the opposition tries to strike back. So we're going to get into some things 
uh, that's happening over Charles over his career. We come back on Renegade Culture. Man. Renegade, 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 Coach. Renegade, 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 on the microphone. I think so. And you know in the streets, mean? son. Yes. Yeah, we be doing it. We yes. got to big ourselves up. You know, all that stuff that Charles be talking about right now is like, check, we doing that program. We uh -huh. got a little street patrol we happening. Uh -huh. We got a land trust we building. Okay. We doing community cooperatives, okay. you know what I'm saying? We doing all that Training and Training brothers and sisters in the streets. We own property. That's right. We doing all that kind of stuff. Martial you know arts. Youth, youth organizations, the that's whole right. Nine. That's right. You know what I mean? so all anti-capitalist, pro-socialist, yes. pro-revolutionary nationalism. That's our flavor. All day, right now. All day every day. Uh, shout out to the Seattle movement, putting in that work out there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, as always, man, fuck the police. Nope. Anyway, yep. speaking of fuck the police, Charles, you out there in uh, New York, right? And a lot of folks who are not familiar with New York politics, they're in love with these, these young Cuomo's. And they don't know about Mario Monkey Ass and how he built close to uh, 30 jails and prisons in the New York area. Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Biden and Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to uh, the people right. about uh, the relationship between Mario Cuomo and New York in comparison to Biden and America? Well, you know, uh, Mario Cuomo was the father of Andrew Cuomo, who's the governor now of New York. Mm -hmm. And Mario Cuomo built more prisons than any other, any other person in the government's office in the entire state, historically. So when you get the Cuomos in there, these neoliberals talk all of this stuff. As a matter of fact, the, one of the campaigns I had was against Mario Cuomo. Andrew's father wanted to put on the ballot to borrow $500 billion to uh, build prisons, a million dollars to build prisons. And we formed the coalition and we stopped him. I mean, you know what this creep did? And since we blocked him from doing that, he took money from a Martin Luther King fund for affordable housing mm. and built prisons. Wow. And the mayor now, Mayor de Blasio, shut down Rikers Island they, they're doing that. Mm -hmm. And they're building $6 billion worth of prisons in the inner cities. Talking about now we can be closer to our people who are incarcerated. Mm -hmm. So the prison industrial complex is being built. It's growing tremendously as they're talking about closing prison down. And the other product that they use is the ankle bracelets. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the capitalists are saying, oh, man, we don't have to build the prisons. We can make billions doing the ankle bracelets for the two million people that are in, in prison. So there's a hypocrite. Yeah. This governor, Andrew Cuomo, is a hypocrite. I interrupted him and at a speech he was making his state of the state address. That is like the, the state of the union address. He had 2,000 people there, the media all over the place. And that was all his people. I knew they were going to boo me. <laughs> but when he started talking, I jumped up and said, you're a hypocrite. You're a and he didn't know what to do. See, he should have ignored me, but I didn't <laughs> let him. I walked closer to the stage. First, I had to see where those state troopers were to make sure they didn't have time to come get me. So I figured by the time these two got to me, I'd be finished. Mm -hmm. So I confronted him, and that went, all, that went viral all over the state 
because it interrupted. And I was telling people the reason I did it, not just for the hell of it. Yeah. When you take on the top dog in the state, every other little puppy commissioner and all of that fear you. They said if he's not afraid of the governor, right. he certainly ain't afraid of us. When I took on the commissioner of police, Kelly and Bratton, and had my battles with them, all the local commanders said, he's not afraid of them. I definitely ain't messing with them. So I'm able to do, when I do things like that, then at night I can go to a priest and say, hey, come on, man, don't put that brother through the system. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I know the family, let him go. And I can get a lot of our brothers and sisters out mm -hmm. by just being bold enough. So when we got in that electoral arena, it was for two major reasons. Mm -hmm. One, we got to deliver some resources to our people. We can't talk all of this shit and then we, we can't deliver nothing but rhetoric. Our people mm -hmm. don't want to hear empty rhetoric. But when I could get in office and say, hey, y'all, guess what? Let me talk to you about revolution now. Look, I renovated four parks for you. Mm -hmm. Four parks over $40 million. I got you 12,000 units of affordable housing as we define affordability mm. according to the income of the people in my community. We got three new $80 million schools, a new library, and then AT and them, Kamal, are yeah. running a new $12 million two-story a state-of-the-art community center. Mm -hmm. See, this mm -hmm. is what you could do when you get in there, and I could still be radical. Mm -hmm. I get what I'm saying to y'all. I say on the floor. Mm -hmm. No, we heard I, it. I don't we just talk it. this to y'all because it's comfortable yeah. and it's going to be accepted. I get up on the state assembly floor and say capitalism needs to go, and we need a socialist yeah. society. I got up there and say I'm tired of y'all talking about the Confederate flag. What about the racism of the American flag? That's right, that's you right. so bad. Talk about the racism on the American flag when Betsy Ross was stitching that. We were catching stitches in slavery. That's right. So, so you got to highlight the contradictions yeah. and raise the revolutionary consciousness mm -hmm. of your people while you're getting them jobs. Because so, if you're just getting so them Charles. jobs and getting them decent... Charles, because uh, otherwise you won't go on for another 15 minutes, Charles. I'm going to stop you. That, that all those who watch the show, they ain't going to be happy about this. They always hate it when I interrupt the guests, particularly when y'all on the road. Yeah. But I want to, because I want to ask you something, because it's amazing that it, it feels like, you know, your worst battles have not been against Republicans, but they've been against oh, the no. Democratic establishment who are supposed right. to be the, the ones who are progressive, the ones who are on black folks' side, the ones who are asking for black votes. Like, those are the folks who are mostly attacking you and trying That's to right. do you in. So you can talk a little bit about that in terms of both your experience as a city councilman and at the state level. That's right. That's a good interruption. You I know why it. the bottom line, the bottom line is that what I have to face in East New York is not any Republicans and they ain't even no white Democrats. Mm -hmm. It's the black neo-colonial puppets of the Democratic mm. Party. They rule all of our communities locally. And so you can't beat them unless you do what we did and really get down and take your case to the people and not be a black. Like we register as Democrats in the Democratic primary. They don't do our fundraising. We don't go to their meetings. They hate us because we use them because our people blindly vote Democratic. We use them to get in and we totally independent from them. 
We have the district leaderships, male and female, Inez and I. We have the city council, the state assembly, the community board, 50 people in the top leadership, Operation Power, our people. We got a, a local judge elected, our people. So they are pissed that we wiped out the Democratic Party club in East New York. It doesn't exist. All of it, we wiped it out because we went through and got all of those seats. So they conceded, but not totally. They're always running somebody against us. They see the gray hair. They said they can't do this <laughs> forever. So whoever's running against me, I'm slaughtering them. But at some point, you know, the community might say, all right, Charles, give somebody else a chance. Like, leadership is not about taking chances, not especially not in this time. But look what this black stuff in New York. The head of the assembly, black man. The head of the state senate, black woman. The majority leader in the senate, assembly, black woman. The attorney general, black woman. The majority, the public advocate, black man. The majority leader in the council, black woman. Mm. The head of the largest Democratic Party organization in the country, Kings County, a black woman, a head of the Democratic organization in Manhattan, a black man, a head of the Democratic organization in Queens, a black man, a head of the Democratic organization in the Bronx, a black man, the borough president of Queens, a black man, the borough president of Brooklyn, a black man, the head of 1199-32BJ, black man. All of that blackness in that position we got more poverty, mm -hmm. more mass incarceration, more homelessness, more unemployment. When the COVID virus hit, these Negroes didn't come together and make sure that we had the proper stuff we needed. This racist Cuomo sent a ship to the white community with a thousand beds and we were dying more. Mm -hmm. The Javits Center turned that into a medical facility in the white community, and we were dying more. Mm -hmm. Central Park was turned into a medical facility in the white community, and we were dying more. Mm. So don't tell me nothing about that. Martin Luther King called what I just mentioned to you. He said in 1967, the white power structure produces these black leaders, gives them prestigious positions, and resources, which is why you can't beat them. Mm -hmm. And he said, as long as they stay under the control of these white leaders, he called them manufactured leaders. Mm -hmm. Dr. King called them manufactured leaders. And we got a bunch of manufactured leaders by the white power structure mm -hmm. running around here talking about blackness. So, so what that yeah. Stacey Abrams and all of them got Georgia to go Democratic? Now what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now what? Yes. So what? You 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 gonna get us banned from from Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> we gonna get ran up out of here. Me Too movement gonna slap Kamal. Susie walk up out the joint. You gonna have a black eye. You gonna have a black man with a black eye. But anyway, <laughs> we we unite with what you said, Charles. Yeah. Um, I think that, that definitely one of the things that uh, uh, a brother server was saying. Um, you all are definitely a model. That, that we all need to follow, especially here in places like Georgia, whereas uh, your, your good brother Drew would say 
the slaves run the plantation. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We, 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 we black on black on black on black. But still, these crackers, you know, they, they, they still remind us that we in Georgia. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just you know in what's case interesting we, about Atlanta? Years ago, Atlanta was like 70% black. That's right. That's right. And of the 15 council members in Atlanta, 13 of them were black and one Latino, one white years ago. Now you have a black mayor, 13 black council members. How the hell do you now have 52% black mm -hmm. and seven white council members yeah. and seven black and one Latino? Yeah. How did that happen mm -hmm. with black mayors and a black city council? Oh, that's right, that's right, that's he right. He sold Atlanta. Charles, before we wrap up, I, there's one more question I want to ask you, and it's really around foreign policy. Because normally, you know, when you get elected officials, particularly at a local level, they try to make them stay out of the foreign policy and arena. And you've done just the opposite. You've spoken right. strongly around U.S. imperialism. If I'm not mistaken, you brought Mugabe to, to the city council at one point. You were talking about Palestinian rights and spoken up That's against right. Israel apartheid. So what, like, when you do that, too, what's the reaction, again, of your fellow Democrats um, in, in, you know, in the policy arena when you start talking about foreign policy? Well, they try to isolate me. They try to character assassinate me. They say that I'm a, a, a relic of the 1960s Black Panthers. But I went to Venezuela. Mm. I met with Hugo Chavez's people. I went to Cuba and met with uh, Castro's folk. I've been to Zimbabwe. And then I brought Robert Mugabe to City Hall. They had a fit. They called me everything but a child of God. <laughs> and I said, so what? He took the land from white people. If he has contradictions, join the club of billions. We all have them. Mm -hmm. So my thing, when I was running for Congress, they had me on a show, and they said, uh, uh, against Hakeem Jeffries, who's selling us out every day, they said, uh, what's your position on Israel? And I said, excuse me, Israel? We're going to talk about Africa first. How are you going to bring up foreign policy and start talking about Israel? I'm going to tell you what I feel about Israel, but my priority is Africa. Mm. And I'm coming in there with Africa having military bases and leaving with 50 with AFRICOM. Mm. Brother Jamal Baraka does a great job on that. So I. I don't want to talk about Israel. I want to talk about Africa. So I broke it down, Africa's policies. And then they said, okay, can you talk about Israel now? I said, no, the Caribbean. <laughs> I want to talk about the Caribbean. Want to talk about foreign policy? No. I broke it down. Then, no, I want to talk about Central America and South America. Israel is less. And now that we're talking about Israel, it's a terrorist state that should have never been a Jewish state in the first place. And there are settler state on Palestinian land and through the Nakba years ago in the Balfour Declaration, let's talk about Israel and Chaim Weissman and Theodore Herzl, the fathers of Zionism. Let's talk about Israel who supported South African apartheid. Let's talk about Israel, murderers. I went to the Gaza Strip. Mm. I saw it, me and Cynthia McKinney and brother from uh, Dead Press, Brother Matulu from Dead Press. We went to Gaza. Man, that thing looks like a World War II. I mean, it's ridiculous. They got, everything is blown away. And they got 
<laughs> they can't get nothing in by air, nothing in by sea, and hardly anything by land. Charles, so, we, we foreign go. policy, I'm anti-imperialism. That's right. Charles, we're going to have you back on because this obviously ain't enough time, but we've come to the end of our segment. We want to thank you so, okay. so much for coming on, brother man. Definitely. It's been a pleasure thank having you. you. You are the true revolutionary statesman, elected official, and the person that we respect most who has kept his politics even after he got into elected office. That just don't happen here in America. We thank you, we salute you, and we're going to have you in again, brother, because you're a true renegade. renegade De definitely. Yeah. And, and give, give the love to uh, Inez as well, because she's another freedom yes. fighter out there. That's my queen. She's been rocking them just like I have. Without a doubt. She's been doing it. Without a doubt. Yeah. So de definitely, we appreciate thank you. you. Renegade culture, we'll be back. Yes. Bam. Renegade culture. Renegade culture. Back, 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 back on renegade culture. We just had Charles on, and Charles was more like of the, you know what, that's white folks' business. We've had some other folks come on, and they've talked more about it as, you know, these are reactionaries, and getting them out of power as soon as possible is still good for us because you don't want reactionaries in power. Uh, they prefer, quote unquote, the lesser of two evils. So, what is your, what would you take on on this situation that's happening now? Um, my take is that we should more so be focusing on the environment 
that is going on right now because um, these people have always existed and that's that's just the reality. Um, they've been underground and to me, if anything, Trump's presidency has shown what's what the hidden elements of America that we've not been seeing so often. Um, but this should be a sign to us, to me, that we really need to be organizing. Um, it was so organized. That, that was the crazy thing about it. People act like these people were just randomly busting into buildings. No, like if you watch just the different interviews, they knew where they were going. Um, they had a plan. A lot of them came in with um, different weapons and certain things like this was well planned out. So if black people, if our take from this is, um, you know, we just have to you know, vote Democrat instead of we need to organize and ensure that we're able to protect ourselves from these same elements, then I think that we're just clearly um, being naive about the situation. So it's just telling to me, like the environment right now should be one that makes us start getting our act together as far as coming together and f figuring out how to um, organize accordingly. Do you feel that that was a, uh, a demo for something larger or you feel it was like that was the, the, the grand finale or what, what's your take on that? Definitely. I don't think it's the grand finale at all. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that I think we're probably going to see more things happening, um, especially, you know, the inaugurations happening. And, and I, I think that we're definitely going to see more coming out of this. Um, but, you know, like I said in a video I just did, to, to me, it's just not too unique whenever you look at the grand scheme of American history. I mean, this is not the first white riot if you mm -hmm. look at the civil war that was a big white white riot you know so um you know as far as something more i'm sure that there's always going to be more um types of demonstrations like this um but is this the worst we've seen or the, or is there more worse to come i don't know i mean i just think it's a constant struggle um against white supremacy that is showing its head in different types of ways or do you think black america is ready for it Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's the show. You. <laughs> She's like, no, hell no. Go ahead. Unfortunately, no, I, I don't think we're ready at all because, you know, it's obviously we're divided into different segments. And I'm, I feel like the, the segment that would be ready is becoming smaller and smaller, whereas mm -hmm. the people who are either docile and comfortable with situ the situation or comfortable with things the way that they are, it's um, starting to become a lot more of us. So. Um, you know, it, it's, it's sad, you know, just to keep seeing history play out over mm -hmm. and over again. And you keep seeing people have the same conversations and it's like, you would think by now we would evolve to talking about more complex issues or talking about the political si system in a way that is more, um, is more intelligent, but it, it just hasn't. And that's just the, the upsetting thing to me. Um, it's just you know, when you read back at history and you're like, wow, they were going through this in the 20s and here we are in 2021. Yeah. Like, nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah. Now, I always say, I think Trump brought back, obviously, overt white supremacy. It never left us, like, but he's made it fashionable again, where you don't have to sort of hide and use dog whistles. You can just straight out be white supremacist, straight out uh, talk about how you don't like black people, Mexicans are rapists, um, how you can put in policy that's obviously discriminatory and still turned out the largest amount of votes for a Republican candidate ever in history. So obviously this is not going anywhere. You talked a little bit about organizing and your organization again is We Charge Colonialism. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what the organization does? So the organization was basically created um, out of being inspired really by different people before us who have called for different movements as far as going to the United Nations and um, you know, really going to 
are, are approaching these issues as international issues instead of domestic issues. So obviously you have people like Malcolm and of course you have the BB Du Bois, like there's a long history of our people who have been struggling internationally. So um, that was our original intention was, well, let's just, you know, go to the United Nations. And of course, you know, um, I'm sure a lot of people know it's not, you know, it's mm -hmm. it, it, it's not a, it, what it what it they crack they make it out the scene as far as the process um, and obviously we also know that the United Nations is a imperialist um, organization that mm -hmm. is really propped up by the West and so while that's still a, a, a goal of ours we we don't look at it as a means to an end more so we look at um, doing human rights types of work as a way to first of all awaken Africans. Um, not just domestically, but internationally about the fact that we are facing a colonial system and that um, the institutions that exist that are supposed to give us some type of remedy, these, these systems have obviously been created by our oppressors. And so um, if either we have to, you know, call these things out and completely destroy them and start all over, you know, and build, build from there, or we have to build our own competing systems. That's, you know, really what it looks like it's going to have to be. Um, but it's, I, I would say, you know, again, more than a means to it, and it's a way really to raise awareness um, among ourselves of, um, of the fact that we, we should be looking at our issues globally and not just domestically. I asked uh, Charles uh, the same question I want to know from you because of the fact that you're, you're a couple years younger than Charles um, <laughs> and the rest of us. But um, I wanted to ask you, uh, in 2020, Again, we had the situation with Ahmaud Arbery, um, with uh, George Floyd, mm -hmm. uh, Jacob uh, Blake, yeah. and uh, well, so Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor, and so many other folks. Right. Uh, aside from the whole pandemic situation, what's your take on on the uprising? You know, we know there's a lot of youth out there. Um, what What was your pros and cons with what you saw in 2020 as far as the whole street action on a national level? Oh, I'll start with the pros. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, in my lifetime, um, I was born early 90s. I've never seen as many people outwardly talking about the system of white supremacy as I see today. Um, I've never seen as many people protesting or doing, making some type of movement to stand up to the system as I, as I see today. Um, and I, I think generally, like a lot of a lot of us are more conscious, you know, we, especially when you could compare it to, you know, during the Obama years when, you know, especially the early years and everything was fine. And, you know, we were so happy, <laughs> you know, I, it's good to see a lot of anger um, because, you know, otherwise, you know, what, what would we be doing um, being sleep, completely sleep. The big criticism I, I consistently have about the way that we're going about things, whether you want to call it Black Lives Matter or whatever, um, is just, just how reactionary it is. Because the, the whole premise that we have to wait for one of our people to die in order for us to come together. And, you know, I would say by the time that they're dead, you, you should basically say that's a lost cause. The idea mm -hmm. that we're going to get justice for this person from a white supremacist system that has consistently shown us the same results, except for very small circumstances. Um, by that point, you have to understand you probably lost. <laughs> and I mm -hmm, think that mm -hmm. um, instead we've, we've created this culture where, you know, we're waiting for someone to, for, for something like this to happen and we're going to all go out and protest and we're um, going to um, raise hell and everything. And then after a while it dies out and then, you know, what happens? So we get a, a we're not going to, um, 
the grand jury is not going to indict or or whatever or not guilty verdict and because of that okay we're all gonna go back out and, and protest and then what happens after that well eventually it's going to die out mm -hmm. and what i've always said is that if you do that enough times you're going to stop having a reaction i think before george floyd you kind of seen that where um we were just like it's like so much like consistently like every month there's a new a new black person that gets killed by the police or some type of white supremacist person um and after a while like if you, if you see that happening and nothing happening as a result it, it's gonna basically tire you out and, and make you not want to react anymore and um that's what i think is going to happen again until we find a way to proactively address the system and not reactively do it mm -hmm. um so that's my take now you, oh, I, I was going to say a couple of things. So you also, you have a YouTube channel, African Esquire. So not only are we lawyers, I just found out that we were born around the same time period because I'm like 1989, Y'all all right? Y'all all right? I understand what's so funny. You um, mean he bought his shoes yeah. around 1989. <laughs> so your, show, or your, your YouTube channel, African Esquire, what is it that, why did you, why did you create it? And what is it you hope to get, you know, across with the, the fact that you have this programming and tell everybody about what the programming is about even? So my YouTube channel is African Square TV. Um, essentially what it's turned into is basically a way to connect the different stories around the African diaspora um, to and make it clear that we're all facing the same enemy. Mm -hmm. um, I originally started the channel really just because I was going on YouTube and I guess I was looking for... Um, some type of commentary that was like a little radical, but there just wasn't a lot. Um, and so after a while, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to start making my own videos. And, you know, I, and I really hadn't had like a, a, a long track record, you know, as far as um, like I've done some, I was in NAACP when I was in college, but that was very surface level. So at that time, I, I was there was just, you know, starting to go out and want to do something in the community. So that was just what I did. I would just post some videos. Um, and after a while, you know, I think um, as my politics matured, I think um, my audience kind of grew as far as people who um, are also looking at the same situation and feeling like mainstream media outlets just aren't talking, mm -hmm. you know, about the issues directly. So that's really um, all really is I just try to cover a lot of topics. Um, now, I, don't, I don't try to just stay in one area, but just really connect the fact that we're all facing the same white supremacist system and therefore we have to organize um, together otherwise we're just going to be inside of these individualized fights um, being defeated by a global enemy. Right, one more question and um, you know we definitely gonna, we thank you for coming on board. Um, next week we have the whole inauguration you know and folks are you know looking at Biden and Kamala as a, a breath of fresh air. What's your take on that? Well, one, I'm hoping that at this point, everything that we've gone through, we don't do the stupid thing. That is to have the same Obama effect and just um, basically go dormant and mm -hmm. expect that these, these, this white person and this black woman are going to fight for us. Because just again, just historically by now, we should expect so much less from the Democratic Party. Um, it's interesting that a lot, it, it was interesting to see Joe Biden talking down to all the black leaders recently because it's like, <laughs> wow, y'all really thought that that was smart to push for someone else, 
above your own interests and not even having an agenda and not even making it clear that you might not vote for this person. You thought that was smart and that you were going to be respected by this person. Mm. Well, clearly not. So um, I honestly expect the same old, same old um, as far as the, the black establishment, but as far as us people who are looking for something different, I'm hoping that because we do have ways to communicate, you know, whether it's through online uh, media or different shows or whatever, that we can keep the fire going and keep, I, th I think more and more you're seeing a lot more discourse than we were able to have just because of things like social media um, that has connected us. And so what I'm hoping is that that radical element could continue to grow and not become dormant during this presidency. Hey, young comrade Tyranny, we appreciate you. Yeah. Um, Thanks for having me. Yes, putting in that work. We're going to see more of you here on Renegade Culture. Yep, yep. And um, yeah, for sure. check out her, her channel, African Esquire TV on YouTube. That's right. Thank you, you know so much, Tyranny. And when we come back, our special musical guest is going to be John Cy Robinson, no doubt. Boom. Science and Life. That's in right. The building. We'll be back, Renegade Culture. No doubt. Back. Renegade coaches in the building. I am the riot star, the Kalanji Jamachanga, and... I am, for the third time tonight, Kamal K. Franklin. He'd like to introduce himself like five times. Well, you know, so, I mean, the thing is, you know the shit be cut at the clip, so motherfucker need to know who your ugly ass is. Uh, true. Uh, However... Ugly. Hey, y'all might as well introduce us, too. Oh, who are you? I go by the name of the ear doctor, <laughs> and that is... Jack Brown. Yeah. Jack Brown. And of course, it's Minister Server holding the whole thing together. You know? Oh! <laughs> Minister Server holding it together. He's crazy like that glue. Y'all understand me? Bum skinny, bum skinny, bum bum. Anyway, let's get to a real MC. Uh oh, now, uh oh. <laughs> this brother right here. Who we got? Man, listen, let me tell you something. Man, this brother right here. I want to say one of the most humble, uh -huh. dopest MCs right. to ever touch the motherfucking microphone. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Whenever we call this brother, he's been on task, been on board from Black August mm. to, to everything else in between. You know what I'm saying? Always on point. North, south, east, west, whatever. You can catch this man. 1996, his crew, Science and Life, made his debut. Now, many of y'all, if you don't know Science and Life, then you fucking up. You run around <laughs> talking about you hip hop, and you don't know Science and Life, then you might need to get a late pass. True, true. Anyway. Since this brother started his career in 1996, you talking about over 20 albums. Hmm. Group, hmm. solo, the whole nine. Consistent albums. Consistent. Consistent. Everything. Dopeness. You know what I mean? This brother right here, he's one of my favorite MCs. All right. I want y'all to put together for my main man, my main, main man, John Robinson's in the building. Joe! Peace, y'all. Peace. 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 It's JR. What's happening, brother? Yo, all is blessed, all is blessed, you know, blessed to be here, especially yes. in these days and times, you know, just to um, continue the journey, continue the mission, you know, sure. and add on, add on as productively and as powerfully as I can, word up. Man, we talking about since 1996. We, I'm 96 yeah, right now is like, what, 24 years? 20, 20, 25. 25 years? 25 now, yeah. 25 yeah. years of MCing. And here it yeah, is. Man. We're in 2021. Man, how does it feel to be a real MC in 2021? 
<laughs> amazing. You know, I feel like it's it's the shoot. We're in one of the best times to be a storyteller, in my opinion, especially if you're a creative or an artist who wants to tell the story of these times. So you're looking at it beyond just looking cool, yeah. making bread. But these are times to really stamp in, I feel, in that selfless way, that way that you don't really know what your contribution does, or how many people it touches or what it does later for your family, et cetera. But you're stamping in more so because you can and you were given this to do this. Artists like yourself, artists like Stacey Epps, J-Live, you all are international artists. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and, and as far as hip hop, you've always come across as, as like an underground, uh, underrated for lack of better words. You know what I'm saying? But, but you all are international artists. T tell us about your travels because of the fact that, you know, a lot of times when we have artists on here, Folks don't really get the the the, the uh, brevity of, of 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 what it is we're dealing with. Who who we dealing with? You know what I mean? So yeah. give us give us a idea, cause cause your shit don't just it ain't just been bumping in the U.S. It's been an international journey. Touching that international ground the first time just taught us the blueprint of how to keep doing it, and then we start collaborating over there um, and just spreading our wings from that point on. I feel like shoot. I want to say probably about 20 countries to date, you know, been able to touch. And that's been a blessing too, just because it, it, it makes your perspective of life, of the world, of pretty much everything uh, more grand. You know, you, you appreciate things in a different way. You understand that, yo, something I created allows me to move in this way how dare I take advantage of it? How dare I take it for granted, you know? And I think for me, it's, it's been a thing that I've never been this wealthy, rich guy off of hip hop culture and rap music, but I've always been able to do what I do and have yeah. what I need. But you got a new project so, coming out called Level Up. Um, and so we want to talk a little Level bit up. about, I'll let you talk a little bit about what inspired you to put that out um, and what can folks look forward to hearing from off of that? Yeah, yo, level up. Level up is a mindset, you know. Level up was really inspired by this time sitting down where, you know, we watching the world and things change or things manifest in ways that we've been reading about for 25 years, you know, and seeing it right before our eyes like a 3D, 5D movie, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, pun intended. And I would say... The level up speaks to like, yo, broaden yourself, get ready for the shift, get ready for the change, get ready to open yourself up to be more aware. You know, if you're even an inkling in that plane, yeah, open yourself up to be more aware, open yourself up to um, put your family in a better position, mm. you know, stop chasing money and chase information. Knowledge is power, right? Knowledge is the foundation, right? right? So why would you be chasing money if you don't have the knowledge, the foundation, the power to keep it? You know what I'm saying? Like chase information, I promise you. If you empower yourself That's right. and you really level up your mindset, everything else will fall in place. It starts with your mind. Cool, bro. I promise so before, you. Before we, um, I, I want to ask you about where folks can pick that up from. 
But before we do that, we got an infamous uh, part of our show called uh, the bowl question. Or what we call it, the knockers nonsense, bowl, Knock, knockers bullshit, nonsense. question, whatever we call it. <laughs> Toilet bowl, depending Toilet on what bowl. This is a cheap bowl from China that my man got here. I just want to let you know. But there's a thousand questions in here that you can plainly no see, doubt. right? So we're going to pick one out. We're going to read it to you. And then we want you to answer the question and let us know what you think, all right? So we want yep. you to let you know. So your man, Naka, he wrote this question. You know he's not. He went to Morris Brown, son, so you know. Whoa, you're going to stop disrespecting. No, I'm just saying. So go Wolverines. Oh. So you do a lot of, this is how his questions start. You do a lot of things in hip hop culture, but what have you mastered? What do you consider yourself a master of in hip hop culture? Um, I feel like, I, well, yeah, I consider myself a master writer in freestyle, a visionary. I'm, I'm very great at concepts as it relates to not just the music, but the cultural aspect of hip hop, like how to, how to enterprise your foundational element mm -hmm. within the culture and make it more than just, if you're a dancer, you're not just a dancer. You can become bigger than that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm very great at that too. Cool, cool. Right. So where can folks get Level Up at? How can they find that, that album? And all your stuff. Um, you can't. We're in the realms of scarcity. I put out only like 10 digital copies, $1,000 each. So if you didn't get that, it's over. Well, we're going to get some of your other stuff back. You can no longer level up. You can no longer get level up. You just lost. You got to level down. Damn. find Yo, wherever you play music, you can find it there. All right. The easiest way to find it is on my website, johnrobinsonmusic.com. Wow. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Man, listen, we've been pumping you up. You know, we've been yelling like JR. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I've been getting my, uh, I've been running this like I was getting 20%, but um, <laughs> clearly I ain't get it, but it's all good. Um, we no wanna, uh, I know that folks was talking about there was a chance that we was gonna get Mr. John Robinson to drop something on us real quick. I don't know all if right. that, that, that's a, a rumor or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna do it. Yeah, no beat, no okay. beat, just okay. rhymes. You no know, beat. I think that'll be better. Yeah, give okay. us a nice verse. Um, so yeah, this is a this is a song called Anahata, mm -hmm. and Anahata is the heart chakra, and it's the first track on the Level Up, but it's the very last song I wrote and recorded. So it's a very fresh message, and it's definitely from the heart. Yo, rhythms of love to my people I channel. Ancestral messages that's high level, too much to handle for the average mind. This is for advanced mental. We done climbed so many obstacles now, all that we've been through. Find your true purpose and potential. That's essential. Navigate throughout the central and know who sent you. Don't you wish it was that simple to walk through the labyrinth and touch the ancient temple? The growth is exponential. In this day and time, you gotta use your mental. And that's just fundamental. Stakes is high, monumental. So unprecedented, it seems experimental. Let's make this one special. I love you like a bowl of cooked lentils. Painted on your brain like a stencil. These ideas are there, they don't even need pencils. We want to resemble what we know is successful. This right on schedule, my people then bless you. My aura green crystal. Shine, baby, shine with compassion so wishful. Activate your divine, the path is official. Walking in my purpose as I confidently whistle. Life is not a dream, but I don't focus on the dismal. Forgiveness is everything, so let it go with dismissal. 
out of my life. Move with what represents you. Walk your insight and talk your insight through experience, right? The true blueprint, right? Pass down knowledge. I'm a griot. Storytelling vessel that most might not see, though. But if you take the time to knowledge these expressions, just know it's always full circle for me sharing these blessings in the form of lessons. The most precious things can't be seen or touched, only felt with the heart. That's what they mean so much. Anahata. Peace. Yeah. Little science in the building. Yeah. That's right. John Robinson, yeah, yeah. Science and Life. So he dropped you know it I mean? hard, yo. Give us that website one more time, G. Yo, johnrobinsonmusic.com. John Robinson Music on IG. Yeah, man. Hit me up. Tune in. If you're hearing this here, yeah, definitely hit me because if you're listening to this, I want to connect with the folks who listen to vibes like this. Nice. Shout out to Renegade Culture all day. Appreciate you, G. Thank you, brother man. Yeah, man. Anytime you got anything popping off, man, definitely hit us up. You know what I'm saying? Renegade Coach no doubt. is home for science and life. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Peace, peace. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Peace. All right, we be back, yo. Yeah. Renegade Coach. What's that? The Renegade Coaches in the building. Yo, we had another great show. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? We had my yeah. man Charles Barron on. We had Yo, we had Tyranny Cherie from African Esquire TV. That's true. Mm -hmm. And we had John Robinson. That's the brother's name. Was a great dope artist. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Yo, so this quick outro, yo, we wouldn't have, we had two good what the fuck moments and we couldn't give it up. We wouldn't like, do it now. Yeah. So what the fuck was something, what happened, Minister Server? Hey, listen, your man Trump got impeached for the second time Damn. in history. What the fuck? What yo? the fuck? Never yo. has that happened in US history. But you know what? If anyone was deserving of that shit, it was your man Trump. It's the orange dude. Yo? You know, honestly, I think that instead of calling that what the fuck, that one should be who gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because this, this goddamn monkey ass, <laughs> cockamamie, uh, what else can we call this? Orange fuck. Orange you know piece of shit, right? This bitch. Master con man. That's yeah, what, yeah, masturbator. This motherfucker right here, <laughs> his punk ass. <laughs> and that's right, he switched on him. He, he switched on him. He flipped the switch on his people, you know man. Threw his man under the he threw them all under the bus. He threw them all under the bus. He's like Nino Brown. He said, uh, if I was you, I'd be looking for the pimples on the booty. I mean, if I was you, <laughs> that pretty nigga in the Bronx right here, he the motherfucker. <laughs> he just snapped yeah, all go, the way. Go attack the Capitol. He's like, yeah. Uh, I didn't want that kind of violence to take yeah, place yeah. and shit like and that. Hey, yo, but the ill shit about it, almost to the moment he gave that speech, a week before, the motherfucker was tweeting, yeah, that's your gift. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is what happened when you steal an election. That's the right, that's right. The following week, you're like, man, you know, my heart was broken and I was shining. <laughs> but you get your motherfucker. We love you and you're special. We yeah. love you and you're special. The motherfucker's definitely special. Yo, what other what the fuck moment? Yo, another what the fuck moment is okay. about your favorite store, uh, Kalanji. It's nope. uh, Dollar General becomes the first real retailer to announce plans to pay workers to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, Wait, damn. Dollar General? Uh, yeah. Uh-oh. The place where your mother get all your I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was going to come. This motherfucker got, he got this red. Somebody get, put the camera on it. Put the camera, put the camera on this motherfucker. D-Ray oh. little brother. <laughs> he got the red goddamn vaccine. God damn. No, he he God let damn. you know that he ain't fucking, is red Democratic or Republican? I, I think it's a <laughs> Republican. Exactly. No, it's, Joe, red, exactly. Joe, it's red, black, and green, no. baby, all day. Oh, man. Right. And he showed up. 
And he showed up with giant ex-girlfriend panties around his neck. Oh, anyway, damn. <laughs> oh, eh, eh, eh. Yo, so on that note, I mean, uh, just to follow up on this vaccine shit. Yes. So in a future episode, yeah, we're going to have uh, somebody who's going to be for uh, vaccines. Someone's going to be against it. Because you want to let them battle them out and let people decide for themselves whether or not they want to take that shit or not. Right. Now, when you talk about the vaccine on a serious note, we're talking about the whole Dollar General piece and shit. Mm -hmm. And that's fucked up. But over in Israel, um, Charles Barron mentioned Israel. Uh, one of the things that's going on right now, they're talking about uh, giving the Palestinian inmates the vaccination. Now, these motherfuckers initially said that they were going to take care of their own people first and that Palestine had to go for self, mm -hmm. which they still are. The Palestinian citizens, they got to fit for themselves as far as them getting the vaccination, but they're willing to give, or they, they're going to give the inmates, mm -hmm. the Palestinian inmates, the vaccination. So our prayers are out for our folks over in Palestine because we know these bitch-ass killers, you know what I'm saying? We know that they got a history mm -hmm. of uh, assassinating and annihilating yeah. folks, you know what I mean? Um, so, so definitely, you know, uh, shout out to Dam and some of the other folks out yeah, there yeah. in Palestine who's putting in that work. You listen to Renegade Culture, we can say fuck the police for the Palestinians. That's right, that's and, right. And, and fuck the president in the same goddamn show. And this is exactly why we have a Patreon account. Because right. we never get no fucking sponsors with this kind of never. right? Y'all know that for sure. Ever. Corporate media ain't gonna support us, so we need y'all to support us. You know what yes. I'm saying? Because we speak truth to power, we tell it like it is, and we don't give a fuck. We don't give no so, damn fuck. Patreon.com, Renegade okay. Culture. Crew, crew, right? At, crew, renegade. God, I always mess it up. It's at the bottom of the screen. Oh my God, it's man! Crew, renegade culture. Patreon.com/slash Crew, renegade culture. Yeah. You motherfuckers wonder why ain't nobody sitting no goddamn. Patreon. Oh goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> I keep sending them every to week. Page. Every week, it go come out. Patreon. Somebody else getting our money up. Oh God. New damn. Black Lives Matter. Oh uh, no. So yo, com. thank y'all. We had a great show, renegade culture. Yo, see y'all next week. Black Lives. Oh, Renegade culture. Renegade, 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 renegade culture.